that you sent Jesus, uh, the greatest gift of all, and we're just so grateful and we honor you as always and, and, and particularly this time of year and as we remember the birth of the Lord Jesus. So we're just so grateful. Now as the word goes out, we trust it will be an encouragement to everybody that hears it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, if you would. Isaiah 9 verse 6. And these will be on the screen. The Bible says, For unto us a child is born... Unto us a son is given, the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, who, who is that talking about? Talking about Jesus, okay? Now, in Matthew one twenty three, in Matthew one twenty three, notice what the Bible says here. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. Notice, bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, again, who is that talking about? Talking about Jesus. So in both of these verses, we notice that Jesus, it talks about Jesus being born. And, you know, this is the time of the year that we think about the birth of the Lord Jesus. But this morning, what, what it just seemed good to, to, to me to, to share with you is why was Jesus born? Why was he born? Was, was it just so that we could have a nativity scene set up at Christmas? Is that, is that the reason that, that, that he was born? So we could just have a nativity scene and, or, or just sing Christmas songs? Or was that, is that the real reason? So I, there's more to it than that. Why was Jesus born? And the best answer is found in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 tells us exactly why he was born. Notice here, 1 John 3, 8, says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, and notice, for this purpose, for this reason, the Son of God was manifested. Or, we could say born. For this reason, the Son of God was born. Now why? That he might do what? Do what? destroy the works of the devil that's why Jesus was born was to destroy the works of the devil now as it pertains to mankind the works of the devil began in the garden of Eden when he tempted man to sin how many of you remember that that he came into the garden of Eden and tempted man to sin and man did sin and when man sinned he was cut off from the life of God and Jesus was born to come and destroy what the devil did initially in the Garden of Eden. Now notice Matthew one twenty one. Notice this. Matthew one twenty one. The Bible says, And she, that is Mary, will bring forth a son. They're, they're again talking about the birth of Jesus. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will what? Save his people from their sins so why was Jesus born he was born to destroy the works of the devil and the initial work of the devil was in as it pertains to mankind was in the garden of Eden when he tempted man to sin and of course Adam and Eve you know they sinned and Jesus came to destroy that and the Bible says right here that that she Mary will bring forth a son and you'll call his name Jesus for he'll save his people from their sins so that's the first thing. And, and the most important thing that Jesus came to do was to destroy the work of the devil. 
uh, and save us from our sins. Is, is that wonderful? And also as a result of sin, sickness and disease entered the picture. You need to remember that sickness and disease are a work of the devil. Sickness and disease are the foul offspring of their father, the devil, and their mother's sin. You need to understand that all sickness, all disease, none of it is from the Lord. None of it is originated with God. All sickness, all disease is a work of the devil. Now notice 1 Peter 2.24. Notice what 1 Peter 2.24 says. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who himself, that's talking about Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree or on the cross, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness... That's talking about the sin issue. So we know that he came to, to save us from our sins. But then notice the Bible goes on to say, by whose stripes you were what? By whose stripes you were healed. So Jesus not only came to deliver us from our sins and destroy that work of the devil in our lives, but he also came to deliver us from sickness and disease and to destroy that work of the devil in our lives. How many of you are glad that Jesus not only destroyed the power of sin, but he also destroyed the power of sickness and disease? Is that wonderful? And uh, notice here, by whose stripes you were healed, you need to realize that Jesus bore in his own body sickness and disease for us. That's one of the reasons he was born, so that we don't have to. Have you ever seen a loved one I know there's been times over the years where in my wife, you know, there's been some, some, some illness or something, you know, and, and I love her so much and I've stood there and I've thought, you know, if there was some way that I could, could take that and bear that for her, I'd gladly do it. How many of you know what, what I'm talking about? Have you ever thought that concerning a loved one? But you see, the good news is I don't have to take that and bear it for her. Somebody greater than me already came and did that job. Is that right? Jesus came and he bore our sickness and he bore our disease so she doesn't have to, I don't have to, and you don't have to. Isn't that wonderful? So we need to realize that Jesus came and destroyed the power of sin that was originated by the devil and he destroyed the power of sickness and disease that was originated by the devil. Also too, I just think it's interesting, I want to note this, we're talking about why Jesus was born. Does anybody uh, know why he had to be born of a virgin? You know why he had to be born of a virgin? Because, because you see, Jesus had no earthly father, did he? And the bloodline comes down through the male. He had no earthly father. He had earthly mother, but not an earthly father. Why did Jesus have to be born of a virgin? Because his blood had to be holy and sinless. That's why he had to be born of a virgin. We need to realize the importance of the virgin birth. How many of you really believe Jesus was born of a virgin? I, I, I believe that. And it was important. Not much gets said about it. But it needs to be emphasized that, that the reason that the virgin had to be, uh, he had to be born of a virgin was so that, the, so that his blood could be holy. You see, now there's other things we could say. But uh, how many of you know we were a prisoner to sin? Is that right? 
And Jesus, a prisoner can't free a prisoner. A free person has to come and free a prisoner. Is that right? So Jesus came untainted by sin. Now he was tempted in all points like as we are. But how many of you know he never sinned? Is that right? And then his blood was holy. And when he shed that blood on the cross, that blood, that sinless blood, powerful as it is, it sets us free from our sins when we repent and call on the name of the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? So Jesus has destroyed the work of the devil in sin. He's destroyed the work of the devil in sickness and disease. But you know, there's more. He also destroyed the work of the devil through poverty and lack. How many of you know that poverty and lack is not the will of God? Did you know that? I said poverty and lack is not the will of God. It's just not the will of God. And anybody that tells you otherwise isn't telling you the truth of the word of God. God wants you to be free from poverty and lack. Poverty and lack is a work of the devil. When you see, how many of you have ever watched television and you've seen little kids starving in other lands and other countries and their, their, their belly and their backbone just about touching their skin and bones? How many of you have ever seen that? And I've already seen that and I've already had people that get mad at God because, because, you know, they think God did that. How many of you know God is not the author of poverty and lack? Absolutely not. That, that comes about as a work of the devil in the Garden of Eden when, when he tempted Adam and Eve when they, when they sinned, it introduced sin, it introduced sickness and disease, it also introduced poverty and lack. Notice 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Notice 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Notice this. It says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through, uh, that, I'm sorry, that though he was rich, how many of you know he was rich when he sat at the right hand of the Father before he ever became a man? Is that right? How many of you know second member of the Trinity? Is that right? There's the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. The Son, the second member, that's Jesus. Is that right? And he, he, he was there with the Father from the beginning. How many of you know that, that, that God has no beginning or no ending? Is that right? How many of you know Jesus didn't just begin to exist in Bethlehem's manger? Is that right? He's always been, he always is, always will be. Did you ever think, I think about this at Christmas time, did you, do you ever think about what, what, what a price, you know, we think about Jesus, what he paid at the cross, and that was an awesome thing. We, we kind of center in on that at Easter, but at Christmas time, I like to bring this out. Do you have any idea what it's like to be God and then step down and become a man, become human? That's an awesome price that he paid right there, just becoming a man. Is that right? Is that correct? And and so what an awesome thing Jesus did. He became a man. Why did he become a man? Why was he born? To destroy the work of the devil to get us set free. And notice right here it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for whose sakes? For ours, for your sakes, he became what? He, he became poor. Where did he become poor? He became poor at the cross. At the cross, he became poor. Why? Read on. That you, through his what? Poverty might become what? Rich. Now, does that mean that you're going to be a millionaire? That's not what that means. That means that you'll have an abundant supply. How many of you like an abundant supply? Well, Jesus, why was he born? He, he was born to destroy the works of the devil. And one of the works of the devil is poverty and lack. And so he was born, Jesus, he was born at the cross. He became poor 
And he became poor in every which way you could become poor. He became poor at the cross. Do you understand that? Spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially. Is that right? He became poor so that through his poverty, we might become what? Rich. What does that word rich mean? Have a what? An abundant supply. Do you understand that? That's why Jesus was born. One of the reasons, you see. And then there's another reason that he was born. Another reason that he was born is, you see, through the work of the devil, mankind was no longer acceptable to God. Is that right? The work of the devil in the Garden of Eden, when man sinned, man was no longer acceptable to God. You and I were no longer acceptable to God. So Jesus came, born of a virgin, came to destroy the works of the devil. Look at Ephesians 1.6. I want you to see this. Ephesians 1.6. Notice this. The Bible says, to the praise of the glory of his grace... By which he, that's talking about Jesus, and actually it's talking about God the Father there. He, God the Father, made us accepted in the who? In the who? In the beloved. Now the beloved there is Jesus. So notice here, by which he, God the Father, made us... Who sent Jesus, by the way? Does anybody remember who sent Jesus? It was God the Father, right? And he, God the Father, he sent Jesus, and through what Jesus did, God the Father made us acceptable, or accepted in the beloved, and that beloved there is Jesus. So God the Father made us acceptable in and through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you are glad that we're acceptable to God now as a result of what Jesus did? See, the devil came in, and he he he, he destroyed that relationship that man had with God. So Jesus came... To destroy the work of the devil. And he came and, and, and he made us acceptable to God again. And now it's interesting. You see, Jesus, he, he's, he's our substitute. Realize I say substitute. Yeah. And he came in and everything that we're supposed to bear, he bore for us. We're supposed to bear the penalty of sin. He bore it for us. Isn't that wonderful? We're supposed to bear sickness and disease. He bore it for us. So we don't have to. We're supposed to bear poverty and lack. He came in and bore it for us. So we don't have to. And here's another thing. See, we're rejected by God. Well, he came in and bore that rejection for us so that we don't have to. It's interesting, as you look at the life of Jesus, did you know that Jesus was rejected? Has anybody ever had to deal with rejection besides me? Has anybody ever had to deal with that? Anybody beside me? And, 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 And you know what? Jesus came... And he was rejected in every way possible that you could be rejected. He bore that rejection for you and me. Did you ever think about it? His hometown friends and fellow synagogue or church members rejected him. Remember the first time he got up, preached a message? What'd they do after he got done preaching? They took him out to the, to the edge of the cliff. They wanted to throw him off. Is that right? That's rejection, isn't it? The places where most of his mighty works were done, those people by and large rejected him. His own brothers in his earthly ministry rejected him. There was one point that his mother thought he was crazy for doing the work of God. Have you ever had a family member think you were crazy for doing the work of God besides me? Anybody besides me? Jesus, there was a one point that his mother and his brothers came and they were going to essentially have him committed to an insane asylum. They thought he was crazy. Now later on they thought better of it. Amen. Later on they thought better of it. And, uh, and, 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 uh, some of his brothers served him after he was raised from the dead. 
But he was rejected by his brothers, by his mother. How many of you remember John the Baptist? Well, John the Baptist at one time said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But at another time he said, uh, he, he sent some of his disciples to Jesus and said, Ask him, is he the one that we're looking for or do we look for another? Now that's a form of rejection, isn't it? Isn't it? His followers at one point, Jesus' followers all walked away from him. Remember that? Except the twelve. And then eventually, his own disciples. How many of you know Judas rejected him? Is that right? And then not only Judas, but all the other eleven rejected him, including Peter. And Peter denied him three times. Is that correct? When Jesus was crucified, what, what, what was, the, was the crowd rejecting him and saying, what were they saying? Crucify him, crucify him. Is that right? And then ultimately, the greatest rejection or the, the, the worst rejection of all, guess what? When Jesus hung upon the cross, he cried out and he said what? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? See, Jesus was born so that one day he could hang on the cross and, and, and God the Father rejected him, turned his back on it. Why did God do that? Because you see, Jesus was hanging there bearing the penalty of sin for you and for me he was bearing sickness and disease for you and me he is bearing poverty and lack for you and me he was bearing rejection for you and for me aren't you glad that god the father rejected jesus so that he doesn't have to reject us isn't that wonderful and then of course after three days and three nights after jesus uh, uh had been dead three days and three nights how many of you are glad that he was raised from the dead Amen. And then God, you know, after he had done the complete work for us through his death, burial, and resurrection, then he was acceptable to God again. He went into the heavenly holy of holies. He presented his blood on the mercy seat. He was acceptable to the Father, not only for himself, but for you and me. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? I get excited when I talk about this stuff. Glory to God. So, so you don't have to bear rejection. I preached a message one time. I, I titled it Reject Rejection. Realize, say, Reject Rejection. Yeah, you can reject rejection. Why? Because Jesus was rejected for you. And and as a result of him being rejected, now we can reject rejection and know that we're accepted in the beloved. Can you say amen? Glory to God. That's why Jesus was born. So to make us accepted, you see. And then notice here Acts 10.38. Why was Jesus born? Just I'm going to just preach on a few more minutes. And then we'll we'll be done. Look at this, Acts 10.38. This is Jesus walked... The face of the earth in his earthly ministry. Notice what the Bible says. How God, that's the God the Father, you know. God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. You see the Trinity right there, don't you? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. How God anointed. This is some of the greatest theology you'll ever see right in this one verse. How God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Son, with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing what? Did he go about doing bad or good? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Why was Jesus born? He was born to destroy the works of the devil. You see in his earthly ministry, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. How many of you know God's the good one, the devil's the bad one? Is that right? Don't ever forget that. And, and you see the work of Jesus right here. This is why he was born in a nutshell. He went about doing good. Healing all who are oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That's what he did in his life as he walked the face of the earth. Now look at Colossians 2.15. Notice what, it, here we're going to see what he did in his redemptive work. Notice this, Colossians 2.15, as he was purchasing us back from the powers of darkness. Notice Colossians 2.15, having disarmed, realize I say disarmed. Yeah, just talk about Jesus. 
through his death, burial, and resurrection, right here, having disarmed principalities and powers. What's that talking about? That's talking about demon power, the power of the devil. Why was Jesus born? He was born to destroy the works of the devil. Having disarmed, that's what Jesus did. He disarmed principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. In what? In his virgin birth, in his sinless life, in his beatings, in his death on the cross, in the shedding of his blood, in his burial, and in his resurrection. Through all of that, he disarmed principalities and powers. He destroyed completely and utterly the works of the devil. One translation says that he, he brought to naught principalities and powers. Another way to say it is he stripped the devil of all of his authority. How many of you know in the Garden of Eden... Uh, Adam, see who, who did God give the authority to in the Garden of Eden? He gave it to who? To Adam. Who did Adam give it to? He gave it to the devil. And so Jesus came all those thousands of years later, and through his death, burial, and resurrection, you see, his virgin birth, death, burial, resurrection, the whole thing, he stripped, realize, say he stripped. Yeah, he stripped the devil. Aren't you glad he stripped the devil? How many of you glad he stripped the devil? He stripped the devil. He disarmed him. He stripped him of all of his power. Isn't that wonderful? Glory to God. And he made a public spectacle of him, triumphant over them in it. We all, my dear friends, we need to, I tell you what, we need to get more excited about that scripture than we do just about anything else. Can you say amen to that? How many of you know we ought to get more excited about that than the football game? Is that all right? Glory to God. That's why Jesus was born. And ultimately, John 3, verse 3, notice this. John 3, verse 3. Jesus was born so that we could be born again. Jesus was born so that we could be born again. John 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, to Nicodemus, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is what? Born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I want everybody paying real close attention now. You paying close, if you're paying attention, say, I'm paying attention. You need to pay real close attention now. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? See, if you're thinking along natural lines, that's the way you think. How many of you know Jesus wasn't talking about a natural birth? He's talking about a spiritual birth. Jesus was born so that you and I could be born again. You see, through, through the devil's work, through Adam and Eve, we were cut off from the life of God. We needed, we needed to be hooked back up with the life of God. How do you get that? By being born again. And, and you see, when he told that to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, he's thinking, he's thinking natural things. How can I get back in my mother's womb and come out a second time? And Jesus, if you read the whole thing, he, he's basically saying, Nicodemus, you're thinking about natural things. I'm talking about spiritual things. You don't have to go back in your mother's womb and come out a second time. No, 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 no. It, you, what, what this really is talking about, born again, you need to be born from above. You need to be hooked back in with the life of God. And until you get hooked back in with the life of God, sin is going to do, have dominion in your life. Until you get hooked back in with the life of God, sickness and disease is going to have its way with you. Until you get hooked back into, into the life of God, you're going you're gonna to have to deal with poverty and lack. Until you get hooked back in with the life of God, you're going to have to deal with rejection. How do you get hooked back in with the life of God? You need to be born from above. You need to be born again. Can you say amen to that? 
So Jesus was born so that we could get born again. Does anybody know what John 10.10 says? Anybody remember that? It'll be on the screen. The thief, who's the thief? That the devil. He does not come except to what? And Jesus was born to destroy that. Is that right? It's so simple. If you just stop and think sometimes, if something's stealing, killing, or destroying, who's the author of it? The devil. It's not authored by God. It's authored by the devil. But I have come. Why was Jesus born? I have come that they might have what? Life. And have it not only just just life, but have it what? More? How many want that abundant life? Well, you have to get hooked back in with the life of God. How do you do that? We'll close John three sixteen. Now, everybody ought to know this verse. If you don't know this verse, you better memorize it. Because I might just come up to you sometime and ask you to quote it for me. Most famous verse in the whole Bible, probably, John three sixteen. How do you get born again? How do you hook back in, in with the life of God? How do you get yourself to a place where the devil doesn't have authority over you anymore? How do you get yourself where you can have life and have it more abundant? How do you get born again? How, how, how? John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. How many of you is part of, part of that group? You live here on the earth. He so loved the world that he, what he gave, greatest gift of all, gave his only begotten son. Now, who is that? Jesus. That whoever, what, believes in him. Now, that doesn't mean you just have a mental acceptance of him. You have to sell out to him in your heart. You have to believe in your heart. That whoever believes in him should not, what, perish. What does that mean? That means that Sin and and sickness and disease and poverty and lack and rejection won't have any more authority over you. And ultimately, you won't go to hell. Isn't that wonderful? Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Stand with me if you would. Praise God. Do you get anything out of that? How many of you know you don't have to preach long to say some things, do you? Absolutely not. One of the greatest lessons I've learned over all these years is you don't have to preach a long time to say a lot. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you've never exercised John 3.16 in your life, you've never come into a personal relationship with Jesus. Do you realize just coming to church and sitting on these chairs doesn't make you right with God? Did you know that? Do you know there's people come to church all their lives, sit on sit on on the pews or the chairs, listen to the sermons, and they die and go to hell. Did you know that? That's sad, isn't it? It's very sad. Because you see, just coming to church doesn't doesn't save you. You have to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to sell out to Him. You've got to love Him more than anyone or anything else. How do you exercise John 3.16? You simply turn from your old life and say, Lord Jesus, I sell out to you. Come into my life. Come into my heart. I believe on you. I trust in you. If you'll do that in a moment of time, Jesus will come in. you get born again. you get hooked back up with the life of God. And in that moment of time, the works of the devil will be destroyed in your life. It's not till you receive Jesus that the works of the devil are destroyed in your life. See, Jesus destroyed the works of the devil, but it doesn't pertain to you 
it doesn't apply to you until you exercise your belief and trust and faith in him. And when you do, then the works of the devil, the power of the devil is destroyed in your life. So if you've never done that before you leave here today, before you go back there to have the goodies in the foyer after the service, you need to come up and, and, and receive the Lord Jesus. There'll be some men and women.